before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests and which deliver their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is Within the Barrens. Dustin, and joining us today is not only a good friend of mine, but someone who lives and breathes horror, whether it being for writing for Bloody Disgusting, doing any sort of social work for uh, Screenbox, producing, writing, shorts, films. It's Alex DiVincenzo. Um, Hey, thank you for having me. We have been friends for, it has to be over a year now. Like well we, over a year. We are acquaintances at best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about, you know, everything that you've been doing, you know, since your big spark with doing things with Screenbox and writing for Blade Disgusting and our friendship and what we've been doing. So this is going to be more of a very lax conversation. And I'm so excited for this one to actually talk to somebody that like I know um which is is always fun but you know being able to interview and talk to other people is a joy as well but having a nice lax you know moment and um you know catching up with you and also informing everybody what you do um so first question i always like to ask and i know you've listened to these before is to see where everything kind of began with you whether it be you know the filming or you know wanting to be a writer for bloody disgusting where did it kind of you know all start with you man um i'll try to make this short <laughs> but as long be. as it needs to be <laughs> um the movie that made me a horror fan is freddy versus jason Hell yeah, um man. when that movie came out uh i was familiar you know anecdotally pop culturally with freddy and jason as characters but hadn't seen any of the movies um, but I was at the right age. I was like 14 when that came out. Um, loved a lot of bands on the soundtrack. It was like half new metal bands, which I was like into at the time. And I was just graduating to like real like metalcore type stuff. And the soundtrack had both. It had like Slipknot and then it had Hate Breed and Kill Switch Engage. Um, so that drew me in. Um, plus, like just the concept of the movie um, sounded like fun. I was a big like wrestling fan. It seemed to everything just kind of came together with my interests. Um, so i thought i could just like i didn't have like the time to rent the combined 17 movies uh before <laughs> freddie versus jason or i didn't have the patience anyway yeah. <laughs> so i was like i mean you know they're like famously kind of 
um i don't want to say dumb because i love both franchises but you know they're not exactly plot intensive movies so i was like i can probably just get by with seeing the first friday and the first elm street and like then go into freddy versus jason and be okay uh needless to say i was shocked when jason wasn't in the first friday 13th but uh i still loved freddy versus jason went back and watched them all loved them all um you know went through as soon as i watched those two franchises i went to halloween which Halloween became my favorite movie, still is my favorite movie. Hell yeah, man. Um, and just, you know, expanded from there, went through all the classics. I was on like IMD message boards when those were still a thing, just like getting oh, recommendations wow, for, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, did like the Romero dead movies and, the, you know, got deeper and deeper in, in the weeds of horror. And I mean, I'm still, still searching for, you know, anything cool that I haven't seen new world. Um, and with that, like when I, I never like, I don't know, I don't know how to just have like a hobby that's fun that I just <laughs> do a little bit uh, i go like all in when i'm passionate about something um so i quickly started like writing reviews again starting on like message boards and stuff um contributed to some like no-named sites uh throughout high school um eventually like co-ran this site called horror 101 when i was a teenager uh and this was the myspace days to date it even more oh, um oh, man stop it please saw... stop it yeah. <laughs> saw a thing on myspace so thought my end game was basically to like be like a film journalist of, of some kind or film critic um but i saw a thing on myspace about this movie shooting in like vaguely close to me it was within, within massachusetts we're both from massachusetts of course um this movie called beg that had like all these now it's like i need to, I need to preface this now like there's every independent horror movie has like half of a convention guest list in their cast like it's yep. not unusual to see a bunch of former like you know people from other big franchises are now like slumming it in indies not that there's anything wrong with that uh but at the time this was god like 2006 or something like that um there it wasn't quite as uh typical so this movie had um it was tony moran who's the unmasked halloween uh michael myers in the original halloween pj souls from halloween uh tony todd who's Candyman. um i forget a few other like genre people like that and i was like wow these people are gonna be like in massachusetts working on a movie like i need to be involved in this somehow so i messaged their page on myspace and was like oh i have this site horror 101 like could i come and do like a set visit and like you know promote your film um and you know it's win-win i get to come be part of the experience they get the free promotion not that i had like a huge following but yeah. I again I uh I go all out on things. So I was promoting um horror one oh one at the time on MySpace big time. So we had like, you know, whatever a what seemed like a sizable amount of followers at the time. Uh so anyway, that all worked out. Um I went to the set and it was just like I'll never forget it. It was like like a light bulb went off over my head. I was like, oh, I thought I wanted to write about movies. I'm an idiot. Like, I want to make movies. Like, these are my people. Like, oh, yeah. I've always been like, you know, unless I'm talking about movies, I don't know. Like, I can't make small talk. I'm a socially awkward dude. <laughs> but like, on a set where it's people like everyone who's just there because they love movies and they're there to like make movies, talk about movies. Like, I was like, oh, this is this is where I belong. Um. So that's been i mean it was i didn't just immediately start making stuff but like that was like yeah. my ultimate goal still is my ultimate goal to be a filmmaker um which is something i'm sure we'll get to at some point um yeah. when i stop rambling that is something i still pursue um but i basically kept kept doing the writing on the side um kept uh working on any independent film set i could find that was local 
um, a lot of long hours and free labor, but like made, you know, friends and, you know, connections, people I still work with today. Um, and yeah, so I started, my writing started to get better. Um, I contributed to a bunch of like, you know, the, the bigger horror sites at the time I wrote for like Dread Central, Arrow for Arrow in the Head, um, iHorror, uh, never, never made Bloody Disgusting, but, uh, that was like my, my goal. Cause that was like, I mean, I feel like at this now Bloody Disgusting like is the, the big daddy of yeah. horror sites. Um, again, at this time, whatever, 15 years ago, it was, it was still one of the big ones, but there was like, I don't know, like three or four that were all pretty pretty big and like each i feel like every horror fan had like their own like oh that's my site like i i like their whatever their reviewers their voice whatever their approach uh and blade discussing was always mine um but yeah so i kept writing for these sites it was for little to no money um but it was like cool to get my name out there and eventually i just got so tired especially of the news cycle like it's just like everyone just like i won't name any names but definitely one of the sites i, I wrote for was like you know just go to the other horror sites you know, refresh the page, see what they post. And then if we haven't posted it, you go and post like, you know, write it in your own words. It's yeah, not plagiarism, yeah, exactly. but it's, you know, it's just like a, a rat race to see who can post the news the fastest. Um, And I just got tired of that. Uh, so I was like, if I'm going to do all this work for free, like I'd rather do it on my own or very little money. I'd rather do it by my own rules and like do something that I can have fun with. Um, And that's where Broke Horror Fan was born. Um, I'm big horror collector, uh, you know, physical media, memorabilia, posters, whatever. Um, so I was like, I wanted to find my niche and that was, you know, that came naturally to me. I was like, that's something that I collect. I know other people are into it. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, start a little blog. Actually, I started on Twitter first. This was to jump, uh, social media eras. I'm now on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, Yes, yeah, so I started a Twitter page for Broke Horror Fan that eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a blog. People are into it. Um, and I did that. And God, I should have looked up the year on this, but it's been going for like, I don't know, like 10 years now, maybe something. I want to say 2016 is when I started, something like that. Yeah. Um, close to a decade. And it's it's grown considerably in audience, which is awesome. Um, and, and I did... I didn't really do a lot of long form writing on Brokar Fan. It's a lot of, I mean, it still is if you if you look at the site, even more so now than ever. Um, it's like, you know, Fright Rags released a shirt. I'll write like a two sentence thing about Fright yeah. Rags released these shirts by these artists. It's this price. Here's the link to go buy it, basically. Um, because that's what I wanted. I didn't need, you know, I don't need the synopsis of this movie that I've seen 300 <laughs> times or like, you know, the the list of the cast and, you know, if it's, particularly if it's not a new movie. Um, and, but I did kind of miss the long form writing. Um, so through a weird series of events, um, I made a tweet about my appreciation for Sarah Michelle Geller, okay. how she's not brought up in the um, like the the conversation about like scream queens or horror icons or whatever you call them very often, uh, even though in the same year she did uh, Buffy, Scream 2, and I Know You Did That Summer. So it's like, I mean... That alone, I think, earns her the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just made like this random tweet about this and it got like a bunch, not that it like went viral or anything, but got like a bunch of traction. Um, and I was like, I, I want to write something about this. Actually, a friend of mine um, was like, you should turn this into an article. Like it's it's getting a bunch of like shares. I was like, yeah, you know, I guess I could. 
so I wrote a thing, um, and I was like, yeah, I could just post it on Blade Disgusting, but like, it'd be cool if people actually read. I mean, excuse me, I could just post it on Broke Horror Fan, but it'd be cool if like people actually read it because like I know people don't come to Broke Horror Fan for, you know, to read articles. Yeah. Uh, so I submitted it to Blade Disgusting. I have a, a long like internet friendship with John Squires, who's the editor in chief of Blade Disgusting. We came up around the same time um you know blogging together he used to have a blog called freddy in space um when i was doing horror 101 and then broke our fan um so i sent it to him i was like you know no hard feelings like it's it's already written if you like it and want to publish it that's cool if not it'll go on broke our fan and that's fine too um he's like yeah you know this is cool uh it's well written let's let's run it and see what happens um and it was again almost like that time when i stepped on that film set it was like oh people are actually like because it you know they still have a comment section on blood disgusting most websites have done away with it because they're often cesspools cesspools but yeah they can be pretty brutal <laughs> yeah but bloodies are like pretty decent i will say um but it was just like to see people like commenting like that they read the article that they agreed or even if they disagreed whatever um but to have that kind of immediate feedback and then, you know, they shared it on their social media, which obviously had a much wider reach than than I did. So to see people, you know, sharing the article on Facebook or retweeting it on Twitter and like, you know, some like, I mean, you know, filmmakers who I admire or whatever actors commenting on it that I admire. Um, so I definitely got like a rush from that. I was like, oh, I need to do this more. Um, so I just started submitting more and more pitching, I should say. I pitched more and more to John. Um, and it eventually he was just like, you're just like part of the team. There's no like formal conversation. It's like, you're just like a blood disgusting writer now. That's like, awesome. okay. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I have a weekly column called uh, Killer Collectibles, which is basically like almost like a Reader's Digest version of Broke Horror Fan. If you don't read Broke Horror Fan, it's like five of the coolest collectibles announced each week. Um, and then I do reviews, interviews. Um, I cover a lot of uh, home media, you know, at Blu-ray and 4K reviews. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's an extremely long way to answer that question, no, but that I, that brings exactly us up what to I wanted. oh, and I didn't even mention Screenbox, which uh, oh, yeah. kind of happened around the same time, but completely unrelated to the bloody disgusting stuff. Um, for anyone listening who may not know, bloody disgusting and Screenbox are owned by the same parent company, Cineverse. Yep. Um, so uh the way we brand screenbox is bloody disgusting powered um so they are you know they're kind of sibling entities i guess you could say um but i came on board them completely separately uh they're tom who's one of the co-founders and co-owners of bloody disgusting um posted a thing about looking for I forget what I think it was to do video work, like some kind of editing or or graphic design. I can't remember exactly what the position was. Um, but I was like, oh, I do because I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You really do. <laughs> um, none of it particularly well, but I do a lot of things. Um, I want to say it was video editing, but I was like, oh, I'm a video editor. Um, here's some samples of my work. Like, let's work together. And he's like, I don't know, whatever the job was didn't end up happening for whatever reason. Um not with me or with somebody else. Um, but then they were looking for somebody to do publicity. Um, and John brought up my name because I had done, it started when I started making or not making, but working on, you know, independent stuff. I was like, oh, I have all these contacts 
at these horror sites that either I've written for, I've become friendly with over the years. Um, let me write up a press release for this indie horror movie that I worked on that otherwise no one's going to hear of. Um, and, you know, yeah. send, it, send it to them. Um, and then I started getting a little bit of work doing that. I, I, Fright Rags is like one of my big clients. They still are to this day. Um, I do so their much. publicity. Got my, uh, oh, there we go. Right here. <laughs> Good work. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so John had been receiving my press releases over the years. Um, and when the, the uh, position became available for somebody to handle their publicity, uh, my name got thrown in the ring. Um, and Tom was like, oh, I know that guy. Like we talked about whatever, some other job. Um, so I'll just kind of like coalesced at the same time. Um, they reached out about doing the publicity. Uh, that happened. You know, it was kind of like a trial thing. I was like, oh, let's do one like blast and see what happens. They were satisfied with that. Um, and again, around about the same time, they were like, we also need someone to run like our social media. Is that something you'd be interested in? Like, you know, like we see what Broke Horror Fan does. Like if you could, you know, kind of do something yeah. like that and like, you know, keep an audience engaged, not just post, you know, a very generic thing every like schedule a post every, you know, three days a week or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely do that. Um, so I quickly became, yeah, Screenbox's publicist, in-house publicist and social media manager. Uh, that was like two years ago, shortly after Bloody Disgusting took over there. Um, yeah. yeah. And been doing that ever since. And if, if the first interview I ever did for as a representative of Screenbox was with you when uh, you had Brandon and I on. Yeah. That I can't was... remember if I told any of these stories already, so I apologize. But I honestly don't really. I think we really just aimed everything towards Screenbox on that. Yeah, I think like so. Breaking down the whole site and like what you guys were expecting and and everything, and, you know, picking his brain um, for that side of it. You know, being the one who's like, you know, acquiring all the films to to put on there, and then talking to you, and then we had the the revelation that we both live pretty close to each other um they were in the same state and we both love horror and then that kind of sparked a friendship and ever since then i we've been you know kind of helping each other out with everything uh especially with Screenbox. and um i i really i say this a lot to everybody that i talk to whether on the show or off but like between you and my friend dean who sometimes co-hosts over there i owe a lot to the both of you for how far um i've been able to go on this show for the support and you know i guess even like just people posting about the show or you sending me an email of being like hey man you, you want to check this out and i'm like yeah and then you know i get people on the show to help you know support what you're doing as well as what play disgusting and screenbox is doing and then it kind of all like snowballed into me doing live events this year which was absolutely awesome and and you know some of them were sponsored from Screenbox and mm -hmm. I owe a lot to you for you know what you do you know and and to be a friend it's just it's so mind blowing to know that like, I work this boring you know 6 to 2 job um and then I come home and I'm able to sit down go on here see what I have on my emails and be like, Oh, I can check out that movie today. Thanks, Alex, <laughs> you know, and do all these other things. So it's, it's really, really cool to be in this sphere of uh, people. Well, th thank you for saying that first of all. Um, but I mean, it goes both ways. You've been instrumental in helping people discover Screenbox as well. And we greatly appreciate it. Um, and I don't, I mean, that's, that's the horror community. Some people I've, I've seen arguments that like the horror community doesn't exist. And like, 
I don't know, man. I don't get it. Like, there's definitely there's a lot of drama you can get in Burrowed in. There's bad people out there, oh, but yeah. like on the whole, like for the most part, like I mean, I've met some of my best friends through horror movies, and you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, they're everyone's so nice. Like, it's accepting, um, supportive. I think that's the 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 biggest takeaway I found. In the, in the there's definitely some people who are like whatever jealous or you know yeah they're sure. you know they think if somebody else is successful you know why couldn't that be me kind of thing um but no um, again in in general like super supportive um and just like i don't know stoked to see one another succeed when when one of us succeeds in anything whether it's you know you score a big interview or you know you put on a cool event or screenbox acquires a big movie or you know a horror movie that from a major studio comes in at number one at the box office like that's a win for everyone like it yeah. trickles down um for you know it's good for the genre yeah i agree a lot and um like hearing your story of where you started and where you are now like that's like super inspiring and that's another thing that's been happening a lot on this show with interviews and me like discovering films or talking about them is to realize how inspiring a lot of things are for people um, especially hearing stories like that or if I'm interviewing somebody who's done a very small independent film and they've you know made it some way it inspires other people to go and do something and that's the whole thing that I want to do with this show it's not only just to meet people and talk to people like you and become friends with people like you is to hopefully help somebody else out there you know find their way to where they want to be and knowing that there will be roadblocks there's always roadblocks no matter what you do but finding a way to get around them and picking people up around you who are trying to do the same thing to get to that same goal is what i really really want to do with this show and i think it's been helping and working a lot and um yeah it's just it's so cool to hear these stories um, from anybody to see where they started and then where they are now is uh is so cool so cool well that's that's the other thing about again the the horror community is um it's up to you know the current torch bearers or whatever to pay it forward and i i mean i yeah. try to do that in any chance i get you know whether it's helping you with screenings whether it's you know i have oh look at that from <laughs> core fan presents um or you know like <laughs> keep them coming keep them coming keep them coming keep them coming um you know, helping you with events or, uh, you know, I've I've produced shorts for friends who are interested in filmmaking. You know, it's it's all about, like I said, paying it forward. Like, I want to be the person I wish I had when I was in that person's position or, you know, a similar position um, just to, you know, take some of the weight off and show them that it can be done uh, because it can be. I mean, I'm I'm living proof of that. We were saying the other day uh, at, at the last screening, uh, I I pay my bills exclusively with horror movies now like which is so sick i'm not i'm not making them yet that's the next step but like through um bloody disgusting and Screenbox and our vhs stuff and i still do some freelance editing um that's you know that's all that's my job now um and it's amazing i never thought i would get here um and if i can you know fall backwards into it anyone can as long as you you really commit yourself um i had a friend who told me one time and i never thought about this way but it's it's not untrue in a in a roundabout way. Um, I, she said, I like when I want something bad enough, I just will it into existence, and like <laughs> that's true to some extent. But it's like you know, I also 
the the way I will into existence is by like working yeah. way harder than anyone else would to do that thing, like than any sane person would, like committing, you know, hundreds of hours of unpaid work on, you know, writing for years or, you know, all these, you know, shorts I made where, you know, I'm spending money, but they don't, there's no return on investment on a short film or, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, um, I'm super grateful for where I am and, and everything that I've been able to do. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think anyone, anyone can do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I kind of want to, you know, guide us into the next thing I want to talk about is your actual making of the films and, and producing because one that you just put online yesterday or is it today? It was, it was yesterday. It yes. was yesterday. My days have As been of this so, recording. so messed up, but, um, your new one reverberance, which, you know, I was happy and lucky to be able to show this as an opening um short for one of the events i did this year um but i kind of want to you know know the background of how this kind of came about and like all the ideas that you're trying to put into this as it being an asmr horror you know experience you know because i think you do such a great job of all of the sound elements and the visuals even though it's very minimal and i like that a lot i always you know, give props to people who can make short films, keep things minimal, and still tell a very good story. And this film does all of that. So um, why don't you kind of explain the whole process of getting this film made? Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for the kind words. I appreciate it. Hell and yeah. that was, I, mean, I think that was our last theatrical screening. Um, so that was really cool to see it uh, with Sweet Relief that time. It was, um, it was Sweet Relief. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so TJ Frizzy, who is one of my best friends, I you know you've hung out with us before. He um, he's worked on a bunch of my shorts. Super supportive dude, big horror fan. Uh, that's how you know we met through a mutual friend who's you know also a horror fan. <laughs> um, and he expressed interest in getting more into filmmaking. Um, we had made a couple other shorts where we wrote together, and then. I directed and he acted. Um, our first short was Be Us. Um, and then we made one called the... I was going to say The Nurturing. That's not the right short. The Misplaced. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then he wanted to direct. Um, and we, through a series of events, decided for this one, we would try co-directing, you know, just to, so I could help kind of guide him if he needed a support system to fall back on. Um, so that's how Reverberance came to be. He came up with the initial concept. Um, I helped kind of whittle it down, reshape it, wanted to make sure, I think I suggested no dialogue. His original thing only had like one, one line in it. And I was like, why don't we just try to tell it without any dialogue? Uh, it's a short thing. It was only like, it's three minutes, the final thing without yeah. credits. Um, and I think it was like, two pages on you know written um i was like let's just do it without like you know i think it'd be cooler that way um and he's he's very uh adaptive um you know open to my my thoughts my ideas um and i like to think vice versa i try to be open as well um it's all about making whatever's the best it's not like you know this was my idea that was his idea you know it's just what makes the best short uh and to your point earlier about kind of you know doing something you know minimal in a short amount of time that's my i'm like a stickler about that um okay whenever like i mean it sounds 
easy to like take one or two days and make a short film. And I mean, it is in the grand scheme of things compared to like features or literally any other job in the world that requires a ton of work. But like, if you're going to take that effort and again, like money that you're putting into it that you know you're not going to, it's like you're just investing in yourself. Like, you know, yeah. there's no return on that money on a short uh, or almost never. Um, I I want to do something that hasn't been done or not, I shouldn't say hasn't been done but i want to do something that's like at least a little original um i have other friends who are filmmakers very talented filmmakers um and nothing wrong with this just different approach but they'll be like you know i like whatever i like halloween i'm gonna make a slasher movie and then they make a slasher movie that's just like halloween or like (laughs) i'm uh i i love romero's movies i'm gonna make a zombie movie and it's like you know just like you know a low yeah (laughs) low budget version of dawn of the dead or whatever and like that's cool i enjoy you know i watch those but like as as the person putting in the energy to make it happen i just couldn't do that personally um so whenever i do a short like i wouldn't i wouldn't take the effort to make any short that if if it's something i didn't fully believe in in that regard um and i'm also a staunch believer that no short film excuse me i shouldn't say no short film i shouldn't blanket it like that but the vast majority of short films should not be over 10 minutes um I, i agree with that there's a a big yeah there's definitely i mean write to whatever you know make whatever needs to be made to tell your story there's that grammar was terrible but you get what i mean um (laughs) but every second counts like if you're sending somebody whether you're submitting to a film festival or you're sending somebody a link to something on youtube um if it's over 10 minutes like the barrier to entry is so high because like you're competing with so much other content yeah. now more than ever. It better be uh, fucking good. <laughs> exactly. I, I try to keep my stuff to five and under. I have a few, um, you know, like seven minute stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a, and I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of that like somebody will send me something. It could be a filmmaker who I like love who makes a new short and I'll open it in a new tab and like leave it open and be like, Oh, when I have 15 minutes, I'm going to watch that. But like, you know, it'll just be one of 300 tabs open that I'll eventually yeah. forget about and then mm-hmm. close out and, and lose it. Um, so yeah, I try to, that's, that's my approach to shorts in general. Um, so yeah, Reverberance, TJ and I shot it together. Um, we had an exceptional cast and crew, uh, a bunch of friends, a bunch of people we worked with before. Um, and then the pandemic happened. So we shot it in like late 2019, I think. Um, and I was the editor, so I had a, I mean, again, three minutes. So I had to do this short, the edit done like the next day. But um, we were relying on other people, people who could actually do it well, um, to work on the sound design and the score, which yeah. were two super important things in this movie in particular, because it is ASMR themed, which I forgot to mention came at the very last minute, like the morning we were going to shoot. We knew sound design was going to be important like that because sure. it didn't have dialogue. And like we wanted that kind of, spacey synthy not like 80s synth but more like um spacey again for lack of a better word atmospheric synthy score um but the day of the shoot um it came up somebody brought it up it was like you should like do this kind of asmr style i was like oh and that then it was like oh we just made this like what could have been like a kind of cool short way cooler i think um so yeah that that was just like a a stroke of of luck of happenstance um, 
but yeah, so we eventually um, got to the, the the score we wanted. We got the sound design we wanted. Very happy with it. Um, did festivals on and off for the last, like, I don't know, year or so. Um, and then yesterday was TJ's birthday. We were talking about putting it, finally putting it online. We wanted artwork. We finally got artwork made. Which um, is really sick, by the way. And everybody thank can you. see it on the screen, too. Thank you. There. Yes. Um, I will, uh, uh, Shane is the artist's name. I will get an Instagram handle in a second because I forget off the top of my head. Um, but he also did our Return to Sleepaway Camp VHS art. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, it all came together. We had everything. And then I was like, we should release this online soon. And then I realized TJ's birthday was yesterday. Um, my tenses are messed up. I realized that in advance. Uh, <laughs> I was like, let's drop it on your birthday. That'll be like a fun little thing. Uh, so we did it. It's out there now. If anyone wants to see it, if you look up reverberance, which I know is a difficult word to spell, I misspell it all the time. And I wrote the short. So, but, uh, <laughs> It's uh, you can find it on YouTube, Reverberance Horror Short. I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah, I'll also have um, a link down below for everybody oh, to go check out e as well. Even better, thank you. That's another thing I, I try to do is is unique titles, um, even if they are multiple, like Reverberance, because yeah. it's so like you know, really fun word though. It is. That's why we landed on it. Like this was TJ and I probably spent. We didn't have a title when we shot it uh, that's that is one good thing that came out of the pandemic is we had time to think of a name we just, <laughs> it was just called like a working title was just sounds. sounds um yeah so we like i don't know it was like one of those things like you look up sound on thesaurus.com or whatever and like try to find cool words that you know uh evoke what the short is but yeah. you know you want to kind of tell people what they're getting in advance but without you know being something super generic like like sounds <laughs> um so yeah i i am yeah it's it's a weird title but i i am happy with where we landed on that um yeah. and yeah and it's it's got a pretty solid response so far um it's funny <laughs> uh bloody disgusting posted it which i'm very grateful for yes yeah, um too, yeah. so we got a bunch of people who would otherwise never have watched it and right before this interview i noticed um it's on i have to fix it. it's on letterbox but it's misspelled on letterboxd of course, um, man. Letterboxd always has something going on. Like I somebody, swear. it was definitely like the, the guy who watched it submitted it um, to have it on as part of his like, you know, stuff he's watched, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but like if you click through, it's like he made like a list of like movies I watched in 2023 from best to worst. And it's like third from the bottom, like uh, third from last. Hey, but I was like, you know what? It, that's what I mean. He watched it. He took the time to make the letterbox page, which is cool. Um, and like, it's not last. So like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Um, but no, seriously, I don't expect anyone to like love everything I make. Um, I, I'm very happy with Rare Burns. It's not my favorite thing I've made. Um, but just the fact that anyone takes the time to watch it, let alone to go through the trouble to whether it's, you know, comment, share it, rank it, um, whatever. Like I'm, I'm just humbled, uh, cause I'm just, just a guy with some friends and a camera trying to make cool shit. Yeah, man. And you do it like seeing it on the big screen. I think the first time I saw it was at, um, uh, man, was it last year at Monster Expo? I think it was at the. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think you had a, another short there was Dark Ink. Yes. That one. I also really I, cool. Thank you. That one I co-wrote and produced. I didn't direct that one. But yes, that, that concept was really, really cool. I've always thought about that, you know getting tattoos and like what would happen <laughs> is something uh, well, bad gonna happen <laughs> quick quick aside about that i'll try to keep it quick 
uh, talking about the the you know try to find a uniqueness that started uh jordan pacheco who directed that uh we've worked on a ton of stuff together he's awesome he did the he made the creature in reverberance oh nice um he's an incredible special effects artist also a great filmmaker in his own right um he's got three features under under his belt he um had a friend I don't know, it was like a friend of a friend no a sibling of a friend who had some sort of health issue and was setting up a fundraiser and the idea was we were going to make this short as part of this fundraiser and it was like you know you you pay whatever an entrance fee you get to watch this short you get to there's be like live music you know stuff like that yeah um as it turned out this event never happened i don't know that's <laughs> whatever hopefully the person who was sick is okay yeah, but hope. <laughs> but they they were like uh we asked them like you know you what kind of horror movie like they're a horror fan which is why they reach out to us about making something but they're like they're a horror fan what's like their favorite subgenre or or like you know what what would they like to see and they said zombie movies and jordan had just made a movie um it was called dead bounty when it was in production it got distributed under the title the trees have eyes um interesting but that's one of those again i love jordan it's, it's a fun movie i'm a zombie in it for a second um but that's very much like a Romero, you know, slow moving zombie kind of, you know, character drama that has zombies in it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so he had just made a zombie movie. He's like, oh, man, I got to do another zombie thing. So we we pushed ourselves to do something that's genre. I mean, zombie, you know, adjacent, but it's it's not it's nothing like a Romero movie. It's it's you know, we have fast zombies that they're not traditional zombies. It's not like, you know, the bite. It's for, you know, people haven't seen it because it's not online. I don't know what we'll do with it. Because so this is a. I'm going on a tangent on a tangent here, but I like it though. That that short is like I forget, like 13 minutes long. So again, it's hard to like we don't want to put it online and just let it sit there and no one watches it because it's too long. And like it's it's hard to it's played a couple festivals, but it's hard to um, you know, book in a block of shorts when there's, you know, you have 45 minutes to 60 minutes. So like, are we really gonna take up whatever? I can't do that math in my head, like 20% of the, yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know, 10 to 20% of the runtime. Um, but that, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of how that came out. Um, and yeah, so that one, in that one, it's like a, a necromancer kind of has this cursed, makes this cursed tattoo ink that when these, uh, roommates get these matching tattoos, they kind of turn into these zombie like creatures. It's really fun. Oh my God. That needs to be available for everybody to watch. Like, uh, we should do something now it's like i mean that we made that like yeah i don't know like five years ago so now it feels like it's like a different person made those you should just do like a release like a, a collection of all the shorts that you've done i feel like that'd be really cool especially since you're with waiter entertainment get that <laughs> shit on the vhs man i did one of our first release in fact it was our second release we did victor crowley um and then our second release is a double feature of dark roast which is a friend of mine Topher hansen's exceptional short it's like 25 minutes but it's worth every minute um in fact it won it's on your salem tape it it won the best film at the best short at the first salem horror fest um oh okay yeah so, so it's that which I worked on with Topher, I D I I A D'd on that, and then it has Root of All Evil, which is a short I made that Topher acts in. 
Um, that was like our second tape. And I've, I've toyed with the idea of like doing, but I, I also don't want to be like, I don't know, pretentious and put out my own stuff too much. Well, um, I mean, you're a creator, dude. Like, I don't think it's going to come off of the, like that. Um, I feel like if you are a creator and you have things that aren't readily, readily available for somebody to watch, um, especially now that we're doing this on this show, I know people are going to be like, well, I want to watch that short now. Um, there should be a way for you to, you know, be like, hey, here it is. Uh, whether you do like a YouTube thing or it doesn't have to be like you have to buy the thing to get it. But I always feel like people need to see the work that people make, whether it's bad, good or anything in between um and like i've you sent me the, all of your shorts um in an email a long time ago uh, i think it's when dean wanted to you know <laughs> take one of it for his <laughs> his movie yeah that's a whole nother I, story i didn't make the cut but <laughs> that's a whole nother story um but they're all they're all different but so fun and from going to salem horror fest for four years now I want to say, and going at their, their short blocks and, and looking at all the things that, that can be done in a short film, it's made me like that sort of art form sort of more than a, a long feature film. Because, like I said earlier, if you can you know do a three to five minute short, have characters in it, do a great story, and leave people satisfied and being like that was really good and that was only like five minutes and this is a really good example i don't remember the name of the short and i hope that you do it was at um uh at the monster expo um festival that doing there was like a a 10 second short of a guy in an office and everything just went haywire i forget what the hell that was called but it was so so i good. don't recall oh, you should have george on sometime though who runs happenstance horror fest. i was tr i know i was trying but um he's i don't know that's that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> he says he he might but he gets anxious so i, I don't uh, okay him. okay um, he's but, a he's a good dude he's another one like again like the 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 as much as the horror community is supportive so is the horror film community at least yeah. here in new england um i've worked on a couple of of georgia shorts um yeah we showed one at um was it for oh right Party massacre um it wasn't pool no, party it was for death drop gorgeous is when we yes did that one. it was death drop yeah you showed uh last night which i edited and that was such a good show uh, oh my yeah that's God. a fun one i forgot about that yeah yeah that was that was so cool but um yeah if you guys can make something and this goes out for anybody if you're trying to get into creating films starting with a short film i think is key if you can make a good story with dialogue, without dialogue, with multiple characters or a single character, and you know, really bring it home and have the audience or whoever's watching it feel very satisfied at the end, you're doing something right. And just kind of build upon that, build upon that. Because then you're like, okay, so now I know where I need to go if I'm going to be directing something. Or I like doing it this style of way and then just kind of add on it. Or what some people do is they'll create a short film and then later down the the road like 10 years later it's a full-length film <laughs> or yeah you see this... a lot on the festival circuit yeah yeah and like or like a, a teaser trailer that we've been waiting on for 13 years and the film finally comes out this year <laughs> <laughs> and is maybe a disappointment or not how it depends on how you view that film 
Um, but yeah, short films, I think, are very important, um, not just for the horror community, but for films in general. I feel like that's the lifeblood. In my yeah, I mean, it's I, it's like the, I don't know, it's like training wheels for a bike. It's how you learn. Like, yeah. if you were to try to learn your way, and I know people have done it, particularly in like, you know, pre-digital age. But if you were to try to learn on a feature like just jump right in head first without the proper resources or knowledge. Like it's, it's going to be a mess. Most likely waiting to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I don't think people realize just how much goes into making even a five minute short. That said, um, if that is where you start, like it's, it's a lot easier to get people, you know, good talented people to commit to a job, even if it's low or no pay, if it's one day's commitment, Um, you know, it's not, you know, can you block off these whatever five weekends or these you know (laughs) the next 12 days or you know it's a it's a and then then the turnaround to have a complete product is also usually you know a lot faster than a feature because there's not so much to do in post-production yeah oh oh the other thing that we showed was um cyber shock oh yeah cyber shock 1999 the 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 fake trailer that was so fucking fun Uh, um that's definitely like some of the most fun I've had making something. That was so um, ridiculous. There's uh, a guy, Richard Griffin. He is a Rhode Island-based independent filmmaker. Um, he used to be like like the godfather of uh, indie horror in New England, at least in my eyes. Um, I learned a lot. I, I don't know if I ever would have started making shorts if it weren't for time I spent on his sets. Um, it was just, again, a lot of passionate people there because they love movies. Um, he used to churn out like two low budget horror comedies a year that were like pretty solid. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, he, and, uh, my first few shorts are entirely, almost entirely made up of people, cast and crew who I met working on his sets. Um, but he made this movie called Seven Dorms of Death. (laughs) <laughs> which it's it's my favorite movie of his it's like sometimes this can be bad for lack of a better but his this one is not um but when people try to make a bad movie um there's something you know disingenuous about it yeah uh but this one it's supposed to be like a schlocky old movie on like a late night horror host show um and that's a setup so he wanted some he asked some of his you know people who worked with him who he knew were also filmmakers to make fake trailers for it. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving. Uh, so that's how Cybershot came to be. He was like, you know, do you have any ideas? Which I didn't, but I I was like, you know, let me pitch you a couple things. And I was like, oh, I want to do something kind of like like Escape from New York, but not just Escape from New York, but more like the Italian ripoffs of Escape from New York. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. He's like, yes, do it. Um, so I wrote like a little script. Um, you know, again, f- you know, filmed it in a day. Uh, that was fun because it's, literally just like all my friends i was like who wants to be on camera like you don't have to act at all really like you just need to <laughs> come and and hang out and like maybe get a little fake blood on you um so we had even though i think we filmed on a day it was like 20 degrees out so it was freezing but Oof. it was super fun um you know cut it into a fake trailer got like a you know a voiceover on it um it's only you know 90 seconds long or whatever but um no i have i have great fondness for that that project um and I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but if you can find Seven Dorms of Death, um, you'll definitely get a kick out of it. I'll take a look, and if I find it, I'll also put that um, down below because I want to check that out. 
<clears throat> yeah, no, I think you'll like it. And if anyone, if I mention any shorts that aren't readily readily available, like Dark Ink or Cybershock isn't available online on its own, um, just like message me and I'll send you a link. You can <laughs> like. Hell yeah. Um, I guess we can also kind of talk about Waiter Entertainment because we talked about that briefly of doing uh, of the VHS releases. Um, how did that come together um, with you doing it with Broke Horror Fan? Um, so common misconception, but quick point of uh, clarification. I am technically not at all involved in Waiter Entertainment. Okay. Um it is a partnership between Brokar Fan, which is me, and then Winter mm. Entertainment, which is James, who's one of my best friends. Um, James and I... Oh, God, I'm going to go on another long tangent. I'm going to try to keep it <laughs> short. James is in a pop-punk band called Scholar. Uh, they're not active now, but they're awesome if you're into like like early Blink-182 kind of like skate-punk, pop-punk stuff. Um, I used to write for this site called Absolute Punk, which was basically like... What Blade Disgusting is to horror movies, Absolute Punk was to like early 2000s pop punk oh, nice. scene. It was like, you know, it was the place to go to read news about that kind of stuff. Um, So James like just like sent me a link to his band one day and like I try to listen to anything anyone said to me and I really liked it. So we became friends on like Facebook. Um, And through a series of events, his band was recording their first like album. They were looking for someone to do like a documentary about it. Um, okay. He hired me to do it. Uh, we instantly hit it off. Um, similar sense of humor, similar um, taste in music, obviously. And then come to find out we were also both big horror fans. Um, and he's, you know, now one of my best friends. We've collaborated on and off on a number of things. He did the scores for my first couple of shorts. We co-wrote oh, wow. Trouser Snake, my second short together. Um He's done, he still does my, a lot of my sound design um, because he comes from that music world and, and has that background. So one day we were, I think we we're actually working on a script, but it just came up that he was like, you know, you have this huge, this is when I was still just doing Broke Horror Fan, it was before I, before Bloody and before Screenbox. He was like, you know, you have this huge following, but like, you know, there's not really anything you can do with it other than like that they listen um, he's like, you should try to, we, we joke now that he was like, oh, you should just exploit your audience, which is not <laughs> how it came up. He, he was not being cynical about it, but he's like, you know, would they, it was like, basically would they buy branded stuff? Like, and it's like, I had made Brokar fan shirts that like I sold a handful, but like, not, and I didn't expect to sell out, but it was like, it, it was the same mentality when I had, when I started Brokar fan or when I write a short, it's like, I want to do something different that not everyone else is doing. Sure. So he had, you know, he had brought up merchandising of some kind and it was like, you know, I don't want to do shirts. I don't want to do screen prints, um, you know, stuff like that. It's like, I love all those things. I collect all those things. But like, there's already so many other companies out there that are doing it and doing it better than yeah. I could. I want to find something that doesn't have a million, you know, competitors, for lack of a better word, a million people already trying to do it. Um so we landed on VHS. It's obviously something we're both nostalgic about. Um, now, all of our VHS releases have been a collaborative effort between the two of us. Um, so they're branded as Broke Horror Fan Presents, um, but distributed by Winter, Winter Entertainment. Yeah, looks, um, looks like that. Yes. If I show so we, yeah, camera. that banner is the cover on all of them, is on the cover of all of them. 
Um, so we basically um, divide up the work. Uh, our first few tapes, I did the duplication. Um, now James does all the duplication and he also does the, which is why he's technically the distributor. He does all the actual packing and shipping to people. Um, I do the graphic design um, and I crop all of our movies to four by three. So they're all, you know, wow. VHS wow. format, uh, full screen with director approval whenever possible. Um, so yeah, it's really is a 50-50% partnership. Um, and that has grown considerably over the years. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, our first tape was Victor Crowley, yep. which, um, was crazy. It was like, you know, we didn't want to, we could have started with, you know, like shorts or like a, a friend's local indie feature, which would have been cool. Like there's, there's places for that stuff. There's sure. room for that stuff. But we really wanted to like start with something that would get people excited. Um, and it was like, again, through like a series of events, Broke Horror Fan had sponsored Adam Green's podcast's charity marathon. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, right around the time that Victor Crowley, I think it had done theaters, but hadn't been on Blu-ray yet. Um, right around the time we had had this conversation, James and I. So... I was like, you know, that would be like a dream. I'm a huge uh, Adam Green fan. He was very inspirational in in getting me to start making movies. Um, and uh, Victor Crowley, obviously, is, you know, the Hatchet series is kind of a throwback to 80s horror. So, like, it made perfect sense on the VHS format. So, I I emailed his team. Um, was like, hey, we just did this. You know, we just sponsored this podcast. It went well. Um what are the odds? Like, we know Adam doesn't have the rights to this movie, but like, we want him on board if we're going to do it. Like, what are the odds we can make this happen? Um, and Adam was super open to it. He was like, yeah, I've seen I've seen bootlegs of Hatchet movies on like the convention circuit. It'd be so cool to have an officially licensed one. Oh, nice. Here's here's the um, contact at Dark Sky, who like, if anyone can make it happen, it's them. They, they're the distributor. They own the rights. Um, so our first tape was actually manufactured by Dark Sky. They already had the... Um, infrastructure to do it because they had done uh house of the devil they did like a promotional it started as a promotional thing then i think movie. they actually sold it yeah oh easily one of my favorite modern horror movies so good um so we kind of got uh like strong-armed into a deal we ended up having to produce more than we initially agreed on to in order to get the price that they had quoted us um and we had no quality control it was like they gave us the tapes they were all complete we just mailed them yeah which was on paper that's awesome but again we're i mean <laughs> if Two as anyone who's that, that's a lot of work man well, it was as anyone who's ever um worked with me will tell you i'm a i'm a bit of a control freak um but mostly for for quality purposes if that makes sense like it doesn't have to be my oh, yeah. way but i want it to be what's best for way. yeah yeah i it, i want it to be what's what's best for everyone for whatever the particular thing is in this case it's a vhs um so we wanted to have like Adam record an intro to be on the tape. And they were like, no, you can't like we can't. Then we have to go in and edit the file like Ugh. and you so we couldn't put like our logos at the beginning. We couldn't have an intro. So it was like just like little stuff like that that adds up. Um, so we're like, all right, from here on out, we're just going to like we we're just going to buy VCRs, um, you know, daisy chain them together and, and duplicate them. Uh, so that's what we've done. I mean, but we've upped our setup over the years, but that's still essentially how it works. Um Still just James and I. Um, his girlfriend Rochelle also helps out a bunch. Uh but yeah, it's it's you know, he I I 
personally um crop every single movie and, and do the graphic design for every case and then he physically uh you know packs and ships every single order uh just the two of us um and we've gotten some when we first had that conversation well once victor crowley happened we were like all right what's like you know attainable but like technically attainable in other words no major studio movies but like movies that are like white whales that will probably never be able to get and like we've already done a cut like mandy was one of the big ones at that time because that had oh, just yeah. come out around this time we're like that's a fucking awesome movie would be incredible on vhs um and that came together we've we've done the terrifier movies have have yep. obviously been huge for us um worked with so many like i don't know one of our early releases was nightmare cinema so we like worked with mick oh, garris and like we like you know we yeah, put out I a, movie, a joe dante like, oh, it's like oh that's such an awesome one i wish i had that i was like <laughs> damn so cool well uh hit me up off air and i'll see what we got <laughs> um but no i mean it's just been all we've worked with so many like filmmakers who we admire um and like people we never thought in a minute like we i don't know we have we put out an adam rifkin movie called director's cut which is incredibly underrated movie um adam rifkin he 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 made uh detroit rock city which is okay yeah, awesome yeah. movie um but it's written and starring Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller fame. Uh, and then we got, so we have like a tape that has Penn Jillette doing an intro on it. And he like laughs. He's like, I like literally laughs in the camera doing a recording an intro for us. He's like, he wanted to be on VHS and just like cackles. <laughs> um, so it's just like, I don't know, just like the people we've worked with is in- incredible. Um, we have multiple Nick Cage movies now. You know, we've got movies that are like my, like Psycho Goreman a few years ago. That's probably my favorite movie of whatever year that came out. And now like that's our tape. Uh, you know we have that on tape um so yeah i mean it's it's just been incredible and like the filmmakers are are always stoked because a lot of them grew up obviously you know watching stuff on vhs but then coming of age and being becoming filmmakers in the digital age where they just assumed you know that's never gonna happen we're never gonna have a tape on vhs so there's like uh joe lynch we we did mayhem with him and he's been he was super supportive um Tyler McIntyre, we did Tragedy Girls with. He was yep. so stoked about it. Like it's just been, I don't know, just like really cool experience. Yeah, and they're they're great quality too. Um, and I don't really watch them. I have them more as a um as a you know a thing to be like, I have this. This is great. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the that's part of the appeal. It's you know it's the collectability. You know yeah. they're all well, most of them are are limited. A lot of our early stuff sold out really fast, so we started making bigger runs because people are getting mad at us. Um, but yes, quality is like our paramount for us. Like, you know, we, we went through a bunch and spent a bunch of money, like trying to find the right printer who could do, you know, good quality. Like if you don't want like blurry text when the, when the, on the fine print or anything like that, like we want it to look like a professional, even though it is just two dudes in, you know, in a basement making it, like we want it to look like something you'd go buy at a big box store, albeit 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Whenever I do get a v, uh, VCR, though, I am going to be popping those in because they're they're so awesome. And to be able to have, you know, VHSs again, like if I ever go to like my dad's house, like he has all of my old VHSs in multiple boxes. Where I'm like, those are probably all bad now because they haven't <laughs> been transferred. Um, uh, a like, lot, uh, a lot of like the old, especially in the horror genre, like a lot of the old tapes are, are worth a bunch now too. Yeah. If you have like you know, yeah, the right stuff. I don't know if I have any horror tapes in there. I might. 
Um, I know my mom has the original um, full Nightmare on Elm Street box set on VHS. Oh, that's what, how much does she want for it? That's like one of my uh, my white I whales. I don't know, but it's. it's I'll trade down. you a bunch of Witter tapes. <laughs> yeah, we have. I actually that just. It's actually condition too. Uh, it's in the mail. I actually, I, it's coming from there's a site called Pentagram Peter Pan that does cool merchant apparel. It's like a giant throw blanket that had that image on it of the spines of all the tapes. That's um, awesome. So That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna hound you about that off air. All but. right, I'll have to I'll have to call my mom ask <laughs> after and to make sure that like, it's it's still good. But um, yeah, she's the one that like really turned me on to that because obviously I watched him from the tapes, you know, growing up. Um, another thing that I really like, this, this isn't horror related, but um, something that she also has, but I think it's from my stepfather, is the full, complete, animated X-Men VHS. Oh, like, that's cool. Every episode, which is awesome. And like I yeah. watched that so much growing up. Um, X-Men and horror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you but, a big Dream Warriors guy? Ah, uh, yeah. I yeah. feel like that's like basically X-Men yeah, versus Freddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so cool to see all these different like avenues and, and media outlets and stuff that you do. You are besides like Dean, you are the busiest person I know. So for you to be here, <laughs> I'm coming for, for you, Dean. <laughs> for you to be here for about an hour is incredible, and like I thank you for that. But I'm not letting you go yet. I have another question <laughs> I want to ask you, dude. Of course, I have another long rambling answer to give you. All right, awesome. Um. As a horror fan myself, as obviously everybody knows, the one thing that I always strive for when I'm watching horror is to have that same feeling you had as a kid when you watched something and you were scared and like that's all you thought about. You had nightmares for a week. Um, this is crazy, but I'm sure some other people can relate to this. I remember Edward Scissorhands, the opening scene with him coming out from underneath like the um like he's in the ceiling and he's coming out from like behind the shadows and no yeah it's very like gothic looking yeah that gave me nightmares for two weeks and (laughs) that movie's not necessarily horror but you know who directed it so it's genre adjacent yeah um like that scared the hell out of me and there's other films that that really scared me like the first time i watched halloween and it's obviously now my favorite movie ever um franchise is still my favorite and it's got some you know bumps there but, <laughs> i mean they uh, that's do. okay um and that scared like the hell out of me but are you the same way um other than like enjoying the films that you're watching but are you actively seeking out that one thing that can scare you oh 100 um i will say i do i think the horror genre why it works so well, why it appeals to me so much is how versatile it can be. Yeah. Um, you can mash it up with any other genre and have something cool. You know, there's horror comedies that are funnier than some straight comedies. There's, you know, horror sci-fi, there's horror, you know, you can even do horror romance, there's horror action, there's horror westerns. Like <laughs> it's you can do anything with it. And you can also tell stories that you maybe couldn't tell without the genre bend, um, at least not as easily or as accessibly. Um, I mean, it's, it's a trite point at this point, but look at something like get out. Like if that wasn't a horror movie, people would look at it differently. I feel like, but because it's, it's told through this genre lens, you can kind of, you can make that social commentary, you know, obviously dating back to Romero and earlier than that, but you know, kind of, you can imbue it with this social commentary 
or you can just have you know a dude in a mask killing people for no apparent reason and like that's also cool like uh, i'm into all of it um but yes i i'm always you know it's chasing that dragon of something that's gonna scare you or appeal to you the way you know it did when you were younger um obviously fewer and farther between very desensitized to the genre but every once in a while there'll be something that that gets under my skin a bit um i think the last movie that really did it for me um was terrified oh Uh, yeah that's got some um, scenes in it (laughs) i I think it's argentinian uh i I think it's on shutter uh, or it was at the time i don't know if yeah i think it is um that was the last movie that really like gave me the heebie-jeebies um you know more every time i like a jump scare will get me or like you know something i'll watch something like hereditary i'll watch like oh that's that, really fucking mm-hmm. that's fucking scary but it didn't really like i don't know it didn't stick with me the same way um but hereditary is definitely up there as well but yeah, yeah i mean I'm, I'm always just that's also i've also transitioned not to make this about myself again but but i'm gonna um <laughs> My, if you were to like, I sent you a link to like basically everything I made, like you said. Um, and if you follow like the arc, I was definitely like, I started with horror comedy stuff because that's kind of the easier route to take when you're making shorts. I shouldn't say easier, but I mean, it's like, it's a, it's, it's a joke. It's a setup and a punchline when you're, especially when you're doing like five minute stuff. Um, and I've more or less transitioned. I still love doing that. Um, but I've more focused on like straight horror stuff because that's more where my passion lies. It's more where my viewing habits lie. And like, I want to be, like you said, I want to be the one that makes something that, you know, whatever gets under somebody's skin, gives somebody nightmares, you know, like that's, that's my goal in life, I guess, is to, to scare people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, one day we get to the feature realm and make something that's worthwhile. Oh, I'm excited. Um, but yeah, hereditary, definitely that got me. Um, that one I always think of as like that movie had some stuff going in it that I've I haven't felt that in a long long time um, and then as of this year right this year yeah it had to have been this year um, I know it doesn't hit a lot of people for the same reason but I'm um, skinnamarink you know people have like their views on that but I saw that at Cinema Salem when they were showing it I think it was the first night that they had it so I was there in, in the big room, big screen, packed theater. Yeah, it's a very, you know, weirdly filmed movie, but it has like its it has its meanings for it, why it's shot that way. Um, and then seeing the events that happened in it. And this kind of like hit me in a whole different nerve. And I actually um I talked to um who Ross, who was the the father in that film, about mm-hmm. this and he kind of agreed on it is being a parent you know um, that film really hits you in a whole different way realizing like what if that's my son that's stuck in this weird time loop weird alternate dimension nightmare realm right and there's these things happening um so throughout the whole film i'm like thinking like oh my god what's happening to my son right now like is he okay and then that last scene where it kind of like lingers on that face, you know, and it can mm-hmm. vaguely see it that I was like, okay, that's what I strive for. That's what I want to feel. I got home on my way home. I called to make sure my son was okay. Cause I was freaking <laughs> out. And also when I got home, I was looking around the whole place. Like, is there something watching me right now? 
And that's the feeling that I want when I watch a horror film. If it's a straight-up horror film, nothing like in between or making any kind of mess, straight-up horror really trying to make you feel scared, that's what I want to feel. And um, that's what I'm striving for. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's something out there, whether it be a short, full-length, foreign film, whatever it may be, that really hits that nerve. I want to feel that. And it's insane to be like, why do you want to feel like there's something watching you? Why do you want to have this weird feeling? I don't no, know. I it. it's, it's it's like it's an adrenaline rush and it's also like you're scared but also in the back of your mind, granted it could maybe not going to break, but <laughs> a lot of these situations could happen, but it's like yeah. you also know like it's not really a threat because it's like you just watching a movie like but no, that is I'll I'll get that sometimes like it'll be I'll watch something in the middle of the night and then you know, go to bed, it's all dark, and you're kind of like looking over your shoulder as you're... <laughs> and like you drift uh-huh. away, and then you wake up, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there something there? <laughs> I love um, that. I love but it. yeah, and on the subject of Skinner Rink, um, I mean, again, as like a somebody who wants to make movies, that was super inspiring, because I didn't... I like it. I'm a fan of it. Uh, it didn't hit me the way it hit you, but I, I appreciate it very much. Um, but on a filmmaking level, I was like, wow, this is... It really goes to show you that like you can you can do a lot with a little yeah um between that one and the outwaters that hit oh, around the same time too. yeah it's like you can you can do something you know that's on paper is familiar but the way you approach it is just entirely you know different almost avant-garde um so yeah i mean they've they've inspired me i i started after watching those two movies in a short span of time i like started kicking around ideas for like what can i do for a feature that's like attainable you know that i don't need a million dollars to to make that i could make within the resources that i have um so yeah i mean i hope i hope it inspires a you know whatever the next generation of resourceful you know independent filmmakers yeah and uh, i guess another film to kind of tack on with with things that kind of avant-garde uh this film didn't really like scare me but the how this movie was made was landlocked which is on Screenbox right it now. It is on and... Screenbox, and I hate to admit this publicly, but I haven't watched it yet, and I've heard nothing but Alex. good things. So like, it's it's on We're my over. watch list because like that We're was again over, the man. same the same yeah I know right the <laughs> same um around the same time and it was like the whole liminal horror uh movement you yeah, know micro budget, movement high that concept. happened yeah um so that's been on my I'm gonna watch that very soon now that you you bring that up Mitt. yes um, it's it's so good um. And and talking to to Paul Paul yeah that made that and and to know that he's now you know part of uh, Garf you know he's underneath the wing of uh, Travis Stevens right now I think I think that's who he's working with um, for whatever's happening next um, but to know that a lot of that film was made of childhood films that were made from well parents that's just and stuff. just the so concept awesome. yeah I think I. I initially heard of that one through a Fangoria article, if I if I recall. It might and have just been because like... it was also shown at Salem Horror Fest in twenty two. Yeah, I think it was twenty. I think it was twenty two because that's how we got the Travis Stevens thing, right? Or yeah. it was twenty? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was. But it yeah. was one of those years, twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. But yes, just hearing the concept. Obviously, as a as a dude who loves VHS, I was like, oh, that's amazing that's brilliant and like i I can't and i've said i can't wait to see it and now i have waited to see it and now i look like an idiot but i am gonna watch that one um yes. i know i know that one's also been kind of divisive but like from the people who i trust and like people who have similar sensibilities as me i've heard that they've 
that it worked for them. So I'm very excited to give that a watch. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but there's there's so many things out there, and like I said, you know, hearing these stories and talking about these films um, is inspiring. And I really hope someone can take any of these words that we're saying and like I don't know um, ideas really and put it to their own device, whatever they want to do to create something and show it, whether it's to your friends or your family or for yourself. Like that's another thing is to make it for yourself before anybody else. If you don't like it, what's the point? <laughs> and that's another thing I've, I always kind of like to say on here is like, you always want to make sure whatever you're doing is same with this, with what I'm doing with this podcast. I'm not going to have somebody on if I didn't enjoy their film, you know, or if um, there's a, a movie that comes out, I'm not going to cover it if I didn't like it. I feel like it's kind of stupid to, I don't know, cover a film if you didn't like it to this shit on it. I feel like if you can watch a film and you have like a, a mixed feeling about it, not like hating it or disliking it, having a mixed feeling about it and being able to talk about it is better than just being like, oh, it sucked. Don't go watch it, you know, and um, hearing obviously everything that you're, you've done and what you are currently doing and all the other, you know, things that you're doing in your day to day. Um, is super inspiring, and um, I thank you for wanting to come on here. This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, uh, but I know that your schedule is probably busier than anybody else's. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Dean. <laughs> suck it, Dean. I'll send this uh -huh. to him right after, and then I'll, <laughs> and I'll tell him to listen to the whole thing. We shit on him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, dude, thank you for having me. I know this has been a long time coming. Um, I didn't know. I knew you were a fan of Halloween. I didn't know that was your favorite franchise. Mm -hmm. It's also mine. So next October, we well, let's not record it in October because that's the busiest time of year, but let's record an episode like maybe in the summer when things are slow. And we're running in October, but we should talk about the whole franchise because that's, that's I've been also my to favorite. Do that. Um, I've only let's, covered, let's I think, the first one and then all of the recent ones besides ends um, because I have thoughts on that. But um, <laughs> we'll leave that for that. What was that you were saying about not talking about movies you don't like? <laughs> I have no, thoughts. but it would be it would be fun just to have two, you know, nerdy fans. Hell yeah, um, dude! And you know. You, you're welcome on here whenever you want to come on, whether it's to just, you know, talk about stupid things or, you know, if there's a movie like, hey, dude, um, I know I'm doing a write-up on this, but I want to, you know, verbally talk about it as well. I'm here, man. And I thank you. I'm welcome everybody on here. Everybody comes on here as part of the family. You guys are friends. Um, and next year is going to be a very busy year for the podcast outside of this know going back to live events we've talked to talked about some of them and i think i can probably announce it now what the next one's going to be because i'm taking the rest of this month off and all of january for live events is i believe it is february 24th we're going to be showing heebie-jeebie tv at cinema salem with the heebie-jeebie tv crew um, and i'm super stoked for that and tickets will be coming available i think by January, I'm pretty sure. And all the information will be coming out as I get it. But um, I'm really stoked for next year. And there's some other really cool things that are in the works that um, I can't believe are fucking happening. But um, once again, thanks to Alex, they're happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I will be a guest at screenings. Yes, um, yes. Free, 
free signatures. Honestly, we should. That's what we need to do. Now we'll say this on that on this is that we need to do a whole showing of all your shorts. Oh God, no! No one would show up. Oh, shut shut up, dude! <laughs> shut up, shut up! We'll make it happen. We'll make it yeah, happen because we'll I want that to happen. Um, but I will say, uh, if you can't make it, if you aren't local, Heebie TV is on Screenbox. That said, if you can see it with an audience, it's a blast. That's actually, I saw that at Salem Horror Fest last year. Loved it so much. Gave it a glowing review on Bloody Disgusting um, and sent it to Brandon, your former guest of the show and our head of acquisitions. I was like, hey, I love this movie. Can we get this? And now it's streaming exclusively on Screenbox. So, uh, yeah, make yeah. movies, play in festivals that are cool and cool things will happen. Yeah. Um, and if you see Alex, uh, make sure you say hi to him because he is everywhere um, and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> it's a perfect ending. I have nothing to add to that. Um, but yeah, this has been a blast, man. Thank you for coming on and chatting. This is the longest episode I've done in a long time. And like I said, it was very relaxed and kind of just, you know, shooting the shit and just talking about what we do from day to day. Um, as this show, I do it all for free. You know, I don't get really paid from this uh, other than like live events. But to hear that you have gotten yourself up to the point to where you can, um, you know, have a sustainable income from horror, I think that's what we all kind of strive for. So you are doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, this has been a blast. A nice walk down memory lane. Um, and yeah, I get what I said this before, but if I can do it, anyone can. So yeah, just keep on keeping on and again anybody who might be listening who needs whatever advice wants to send me a short or you know whatever do it i'm always down to watch just make sure it's under 10 minutes <laughs> yeah but um thank you guys so much for being here um that's alex devincenzo you can find him on bloody disgusting pro Corps fan Screenbox, doing um you know any kind of partner work with witter entertainment is there anything i'm missing <laughs> um my short films on YouTube. Short films on YouTube. You do some press work for Fright Rags every now and then. So this is true. everywhere. You're just everywhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> just look up the word horror and my name will be not far behind. Yes. So uh, thank you guys so much. And this will be uh, coming out very soon for everybody. So we'll see everybody on the next one. Thank you.